Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please come closer. Uh, too close. A little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you for joining us as we continue. Actually, I shouldn't say welcome, should I? I should say Jambo, everyone. Isn't that right, Alan? Well, you didn't quite have the right accent, did you? <laughs> what, like British? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to try and do another accent anyway because it'll clearly just well, offend people. Yeah, don't. We've got an expert <laughs> with us because we've got Dave McBride from uh, Radio Harambe who I'm pretty certain can do a better Jambo, everyone. Jambo guys, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks good, for this. Good. No, it's great. And and uh, Dave's with us because um, you kind of do a podcast and you have a website which is dedicated to Animal Kingdom. Correct. We are dedicated to Animal Kingdom, dedicated to the conservation message in Animal Kingdom and all those kind of things. And uh, we've been doing it for a few years now. We're about 60 or so episodes into the podcast and wow. we've just kind of scratched the surface. So, yeah, we are, we are dedicated and... All in on the animal kingdom for sure. Have you got to the episode yet where you persuade people that it is it is not a zoo? Uh, uh, no, I we haven't that done that. One of the uh, best. but we do reference the not a zoo quite a lot. It's one of, one of the best kind of ploys, marketing ploys for Disney. Everyone was like, "What is this, not a zoo?" Yeah, that was, was pretty oh, lame. We're there now. We've got it. it anyway, brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> it was it was alright. Yeah. Um, Can you get it on a t-shirt? I don't know whether you ever could get on a t-shirt. There you go. You need it on a t-shirt. No problem. <laughs> if we can get that sorted before the end of the show, it'd be great. We'll get on that for So uh, on the last uh, show, we did uh, an overview of the Magic Kingdom. We did an, an epic overview of the Magic Kingdom with uh, Big Fat Panda, which is brilliant. And we've got Dave with us to talk through Animal Kingdom this week. This is, this is where we're just going to disclose to Dave that the uh, uh, Magic Kingdom podcast actually was... Two hours, five minutes. Yes, this one won't be two hours, five minutes. Well, it might be, but I don't think it will be. It depends how long I get to talk about Avatar. We can go longer than two hours and five minutes. Oh, if you man. really want to get into the backstory story, 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 so Let's... rich in story and so rich in history, it's, uh, you, we could be there for a long, long time. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, well, maybe another time <laughs> where we're going to spend two hours. <laughs> and I've got bed to go to. Anyway, um, let's uh, talk about the Animal Kingdom then. So it was uh, made 1998. Uh, it was the fourth park in the series of theme parks. It was there. It's the newest Disney park as well. And I believe square footage is the largest Disney park. Am I right in saying that, Dave? It is the largest Disney park. At the time that it opened, it was also the largest theme in the world. Wow. It has been eclipsed in the recent years by a um, kind of a, a trick in that a six park in New Jersey and oh, a yes, theme yeah. park and a World Kingdom park that they used to say was separate. Then they combined them all into one banner and now claim to be the largest theme park in the world. That's right. It was but, the uh, that's kind of cheating, it? let's be honest. 
Yeah, so I think we're saying officially still the largest theme park in the world. Um, so think- uh, that's fine. It's you know we, we'll just say that, and no one, no one will know. So uh, Animal Kingdom, then let's start off at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start, okay. as um, they said in the sound of music. Alan, this is your favourite park, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, Animal Kingdom. It is the best out of the four parks, and I'm not 100 percent sure why I believe this, but there is just something about it that I think I think it's the concept of you going in, yet sort of finding out for yourself what's what's there, rather than sit on the elephant and go around in circles. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and the thing is with Animal Kingdom as well is a lot of people, and it annoys me when you hear people talk about this, they always say it's a half-day park. You know, there's not enough there for you to spend a full day. And I'm going to say it now, as I always say it, I could easily spend two days in the Animal Kingdom, like if I'm on a, a two-week trip, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, there's so much to see, there's so much to do. You're just thinking about your walking trails and the amount of times you can do Kilimanjaro in a day and see a completely different experience. Um, exactly. It's it's immense, you know. And, I, and you're doing Wild Africa Trek this time, I think, aren't you, Alan? Um, yeah, we've got ourselves booked into the Wild Africa Trek. I'm really looking forward to it. I've got my um, seven-year-old doing it. Yes. You're supposed she, to be eight. She is eight. I hope, that, I hope nobody works on Wild Africa Trek is listening to this. Otherwise, well, when this no, Geordie no, no, comes up with this Geordie comes up with called Alan Hooper on their schedule, they go, "Oh yeah, he's got the seven-year-old, doesn't he?" Um, I've been I've been training there yourself. for the past six months. I say to her, "How old are you?" And she says, eight. Excellent. There we go then. Right. Let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Then let's start at the Oasis and uh, that particular area. Now, what's really interesting, and when you look at the Disney Park map, one of the areas on the Oasis that's linked to it is the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. Right. Now, I find that really strange because I thought that was definitely outside of the park. Well, it is outside the park, but the you can enter through officially the Oasis. Yeah. There's two entrances to the to um, the Rainforest Cafe, one of them on uh, before you get to the turnstiles and one of them just after. Now, this is a really good tip as well, I think, because some people don't realize this. You get to the Animal Kingdom first thing in the morning, there's people everywhere queuing to get in right. through these turnstiles. What a lot of people don't realize, if you go through the Rainforest Cafe... There is a turnstile that you can get to in the Rainforest Cafe through into the park that's always really, really quiet. Yeah, I've never actually done that, but uh, because I, I'm usually there before everybody anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I uh, you know, I've never actually done that, but I have heard that. Yeah, and they right are open the for breakfast too. Yes, so. they are. Yeah, head right over to the left-hand side, and uh, there's a turnstile through the Rainforest Cafe. Go there. There is never anybody there. Every time I've done it, it's been... Just, just to double-check on this, yeah. when, when you say go through the Rainforest Cafe, we're not sort of having to squeeze past people's tables. No, here, no, 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 no. You're not actually going into the restaurant itself. You're going through the front of the restaurant where the shopping area uh, everything Yeah, you're is. going through the gift shop. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can get... There's an entrance there over to the left-hand side, and it worked brilliantly. So there you go. You didn't know that, did you, Alan? I didn't. I've um, I've always struggled to get through the queue yeah, at the far right hand yeah, side. Yeah, you really do. But I can promise you now, go that way. It'll be much much easier. Anyone ever eaten in the Rainforest Cafe at o- uh, Oasis? I did. You have. Yep. I I've never have. I've always kind of. I always find it a bit of a bizarre restaurant. I I understand it fits in with the theme, and and that's all fine. That makes sense. But I always find it a little bit bizarre in the sense that it's kind of quite an expensive restaurant that's not Disney owned. That's right by the entrance to a Disney theme park. Dave, if you were going, what would you normally have? Uh, well, I there is now at the Animal Kingdom a lot of really great food options yeah. that have sort of eclipsed the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even though I think it's a good place 
for a couple of nice adult beverages, certainly on your way out, if you're not driving, of course. And, um, <laughs> the, you know, but it, the food that's there is very um, sort of American chain restaurant quality food. Yeah, I, yeah. But, it's, but what I would say is this, guys. It's a huge menu. And so if you have really picky kids or you have some people in your party that only like, you know, fried chicken and burgers and stuff, that might be a good option for you. The food is decent. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's it's themed incredibly. So so kids really like being in there. It's sort of a neat um, theming. And it, you're, it's very rarely a wait for a table unless you're there kind of in the in the busiest of times. Yes. Yeah. Because um, it's a gigantic place as well. It's it. So it, it, it's worth going to if... If you've never been to a rainforest cafe, the problem is for us guys here, there's rainforest cafes. I live in the northeast of, of America, and yep. there is a rainforest cafe, it feels like, every few miles. <laughs> there's there's like, there's like two or three in every state, and you usually buy one. So I've gone to so many of them over the years that you know, going its, to that one, yeah. Not, it, yeah, it doesn't really have much to Whereas it. Whereas for us, so. it was we had them in, I think it's in Manchester, Birmingham. There's a few that were dotted about, and they've all disappeared except for one right in the center of London. So for us, yep. it's a, it is a little bit different. Plus, you get yeah. good service at the one in America. You don't get good service at the one in the center of London. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Um, she did. So we've got Rainforest Cafe just there. And then we go into what is really the main street of uh, the Animal Kingdom, which is the Oasis. Yeah. And this has I, the I Oasis think you've just got to plow past this street and discover your yeah, this, this is the thing, oh, right? Geez. And that's, that's the problem. That's <laughs> what everybody does. you know. And I've got to admit, my family do exactly the same thing. I can't remember the last time I actually spent some real time in the Oasis. Because everyone just goes... Oh, this is a pain. These paths are really windy. Why haven't they got a straight one to get straight through to Discovery Island so I can go and get a fast pass or go and do this or whatever? And actually, Oasis is a really lovely area. Um, I'm trying to, the best way to describe it is it's like your local zoo, but in one small area, and then you've got the rest of the park around it. Um, it's got some really nice little exhibits in there. I know Disney kind of highlight animals such as the anteater, the barbarossa, right. and the spoonbill in there. Um, of which, mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I don't know which of the zoo I've ever been to where there's been a barbarossa. Um, right. So there's a start. Just, just to clarify, there's the barbarossa. A looks like the cavemen of pigs. Yes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, not an attractive animal. By any means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know it's not going to win any awards. It's definitely got a face for radio. Um, there's other, there's some other great ones there too. There's a wallaby. There's uh, there's a, um, the muntjac, which is a very very tiny deer. Yeah. Um, there's some beautiful macaws if you if you get it you know get in the right spot. Um, the it, I mean, just to talk a little bit about the oasis, it's designed as I mean you called it the main street. Um, that's it is and it isn't that. Think of the Oasis as more of a glorified entrance way. If you're going to put it in context of Disneyland or yeah. the Magic Kingdom, yeah. um, it is, you know how they the view inside the magic kingdom is blocked by the train yeah, and yeah. the whole thing is you walk under the train to the big open reveal and then you go around the corner until you see the big the big uh, uh castle and then that's your reveal into what you're you know into the the, the main scene sort yeah. of of what you're supposed to look at yeah. the the oasis is that it's your but instead of buildings your vegetation hides you and it's supposed to be sort of for those of us who grew up, you know, with a backyard that has a forest, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> That's some all of us, us haven't, yeah. but some of us have. 
um, you know, there there was always that sort of entrance into the woods as yeah. a kid, and you know, from a clearing, and that's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to see, you know, you're supposed to be going from a normal. Uh, you know, modern area into the wild, yeah, and, and walking really through well. like you did when you were a child. So okay. it's supposed to not have anything too big. The animals are not supposed to be too um, recognizable. They're supposed to be just sort of a little hidden, yeah. um, a little sort of interesting, and you know, something maybe you haven't seen before. It's supposed to be that sort of moment for everybody who walks in that is uh, a discovery. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. some something different. And it the other thing, the well. other thing I wanted to say about it very quickly was now that we have this world of booking your fast passes beforehand. Okay, though they only that only works occasionally for me. <laughs> but uh, if it does work, yeah, and you can book your fast pass, there are only a couple of attractions in Disney's Animal Kingdom that really need that. Yeah, so. Unless you have a really early one, the days of having to push your way through the oasis to get to Kilimanjaro safaris are kind of behind us now. Yeah, I completely so, agree. You know, so people can take their time. But if you're there in the summer and you said uh, we're talking about people coming in the summer, I would suggest push your way through, get to Kilimanjaro safaris as quick as you can and ride the first one in the morning because that's going to be the one with the most animal activity. And then give yourself some time on the way out to experience the oasis yeah, that's how that's another thing people do don't they you know they look at it on the way out and there's also some people that don't now am i right in thinking that i'm trying to remember whether i've got this mixed up with a different park but there's times okay. where there are actually cast members there with animals you can go up and have photos taken with i vaguely remember having a photo taken with a parrot absolutely. before now absolutely um right. they they haven't done that in a little while there used to be a sloth i think out there that's too that's right yes there was Yep, um, they they do it occasionally. Uh, there's always cast members there, certainly in the morning when people are first coming in for the yep. first couple of hours. Yep. Um, the last few times I've been there, though, they've taken away the animals and they do things like um, touch stuff for kids, yep. like uh, skeleton or or you know a, of an animal or you know an you know a pelt or something like that. Um, something more tactile, something a kid can actually yeah. hold. And this is one of the um, things I love about Animal Kingdom. You know, we talk about education and, and they talk about how Epcot is supposed to be the, the educational part. For me, you know, Animal Kingdom has taken sort of the reins from Epcot and, and with regards to nature, taking that on. You know, we'll talk a little bit about Woodness Explorers later, but all of those elements as well that they get now to go in and touch and feel and see. And I will stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge and you're staying there this time Alan yeah, but even right. you know that theme spreads out to Animal Kingdom Lodge and the amount of times you walk through the lobby and there was something there for the children to touch or feel or play with or whatever and that's one of the things I love about this park you know Disney have really thought that element through I, I mean let's be honest Epcot is no longer the educational <laughs> the edutainment or whatever of Disney, that's gone now. That's one of the depressing and disappointing things about Epcot. And it really does still live in Animal Kingdom. And yeah. it's everywhere in the park. Yeah, definitely. Not just here in, in, in the Oasis. It's all over the place. So yeah. let's... Um, oh, go on, Alan. You're gonna... I was going to say the, the Oasis sort of... Does, does add that... This sort of reinforces the message that you, you get for the rest of the park as well. Is that you've actually got to look a bit further than just the rides. You, you've got to look for exactly. the exhibits. You've got to just discover what is happening around you. And... and the, the Oasis, to me, mm. is actually one of the best bits of the park as well. Yeah. You, know, you this, go in, you've just got to take your time, go in slowly, or come out slowly. 
this is the struggle of the animal kingdom in the Disney fandom world, right? And I and I only include those of us who do things like this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The rest of the world that isn't all you know a Disney fanatic doesn't view the animal kingdom as a half day park, but people who are really into Disney rides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. View it as a half-day park because there's only a couple of rides. You're dead wrong. And what Disney's always struggled with is this message that the, this park is not about that. This park is about discovery and taking yeah. your time and looking at things and being immersed. It is, you know, Walt always talked about the immersion of yourself into a new area. And mm. the Animal Kingdom is that theme, that idea taken as high as Disney has ever tried. That's the thing you say about that, about that what, you know, those people who aren't Disney fans, if you were to look through guidebooks and things like that, you know, you'd, those guidebooks would tell you, you've got Kilimanjaro Safaris, you've got Carly River Rapids, you've got Expedition Everest, you've got Finding Nemo the Musical, you've got Dinosaur, and then you can leave. You know, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> and that's yep. the, that is a big problem because you yep. haven't, you've got all of these wonderful elements and areas, you know. The, just the idea of walking around the tree of life you know there's there's so well as long as the branches are up and no one's going to kill you you're fine but um you know there's there's time to be spent walking around the tree of life and looking at all of the the carvings and things like that that are in the trees um okay now, now if you want to move to discovery island yeah, I mean, let's go on to discovery island right now before yeah. we walk in i want to talk as, as we're walking up discovery island let's let's kind of do this logically we just come out the oasis okay. we come over the bridge and the first thing you see on the right hand side as you get to the other side of the bridge is wilderness explorers right and i want to talk about wilderness explorers because it's brilliant um it is so simple it's you know, it's like when you go to any museum and you can buy the kids pack and you go, here you go, kids, look, questions on dinosaurs or on paintings or whatever, this this sort of thing. It's that idea, but Disney have taken it to the absolute next level. And the kids absolutely love it. My eight-year-old, when we took him, um, loved it as we went around with finding things that he could do. Chris Speed, who used to do the show with us, his daughters completed the entire booklet in one day. Um, and the cast members had said that, that they had never seen anybody complete the entire book <laughs> in one day. Um, it's so simple, but yet it's so clever. And it gets them thinking about all sorts of... I remember you know, doing it and I was talking to a cast member up in uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch. And she was telling me about the conservation work Disney had done with elephants and beehives and crops out in... Okay. Uh, I think it was Asia or, or Africa, I think it was. You know, there's stuff like that. You just think how amazing this is. And if... Wilderness Explorers hadn't existed, we wouldn't have necessarily found those things out. But for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a little booklet. It's completely free. Um, you get a pencil with it, and there's loads of different spots all around the park. It's a little bit like Kidcot Stop in Epcot, but on a much grander scale. Mm -hmm. And they get to all of these locations, and they get to answer questions. And when they get them, they get a sticker. And that's one of their Wilderness Explorer badges, basically. Um, but I just think it, I have to mention it now, because I think it's absolutely brilliant, and it's so cleverly done. Based on the Up movie, oh, of course, yes, um, yeah. you know, with the Wilderness Explorers sort of club, kind of like a Boy Scouts sort yeah. of thing. Um, it is, uh, it's, I think, uh, Disney's tried with varying degrees of success these sort of interactive games um, all over the place in yeah. all different, all the parks, really. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is the one where they've achieved the most. They've achieved the best um, game here, the most interact, the most fun, yeah. and also the most educational. I mean, this is the one thing, like you're saying, this is one of the one of these games where you really get something out of it. I always laughed at the Epcot one with the, um, the cartoon that I can't remember the name of. Oh, because um, Phineas and Ferb. 
Right. I yeah. mean, people would go into these pavilions and then out would come some some character and and instead of learning about the pavilion oh, you yeah. just sort of learn about it a little bit <laughs> you learn about nothing yeah. about the pavilion you know why on earth has, yeah. has perry got a giant laser on top of a building in mexico um, exactly <laughs> there's no reason for it but it's, it's good fun but it tells me nothing about mexico <laughs> right so i always thought that 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 there was so much more they could have done there and now they've done that with this one i think and it, it's it is really a lot of fun yeah i am impressed with doing it all in one day i didn't even I, think that was yeah, possible uh, yeah I, I can't believe they did it either but genuinely yeah they showed us the booklet they did everything in one day this will be something your kids will love alan yeah. um without well, a shadow of a doubt forget the kids i'm looking forward to it <laughs> yeah and you were kind of <laughs> we got to the point where we we're walking past things going oh look 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 we'll just stop here we'll do this we'll do this and that's what i mean when we talk about we already thought it was a two-day park if you think about doing this as well you're, you're more than you know probably going to yeah. fill two days doing it anyway i want to mention that as we're going in sorry you wanted to, to talk about discovery island a little bit dave well, we're talking. We, you know, our next stop, sort of, in this tour, is Discovery Island, yeah. and uh, one of the probably the thing that people miss the most in Disney uh, or in, in the Animal Kingdom is the animal exhibits on Discovery Island. Some of them are absolutely terrific yeah. and 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 incredibly hidden. And this is where I get into these arguments about the half day park thing, because. In, invariably, somebody who tells me that it's a half-day park to get bored there, I ask, well, have you gone to see the Galapagos tortoise? I didn't yeah. know there was a Galapagos yeah. tortoise. I mean, the largest tortoise, I think, in the world, and a giant specimen at Disney's Animal Kingdom is there, is hidden yeah. almost from view completely unless you take the time to walk down these paths. Yeah. There is an incredibly endangered uh, pair of macaws there as well. Um, the kangaroo exhibit, you can actually you see the kangaroo exhibit from the front of the Tree of Life, but you can also see the same exhibit from the back. And normally, from the back, you get a better view of the kangaroos because that's sort of where they hang out. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's so much to find there. The cotton top tamarins are terrific. We're sort of taking the um, experience of the animals up another level. We start at the oasis at sort of these hidden animals that hide in the brush that you have yeah. to kind of look for. And now we're getting a little less hidden in the exhibits but uh, but also hidden throughout where you find them but they're they're more fun the, the asian otters are incredibly fun to watch if you get them out the tamarins like i said are a lot of fun to watch but the biggest thing now on discovery island that is just off the hook good for such a small thing is the new flights of wonder show yeah which, i've heard about this it's a basically what it is is um there is a uh, an empty perch a, a bird perch in the middle of discovery island now it's right in front of the tree of life it used to be off sort of across the path from the entrance to the uh barbecue the flame yeah. tree barbecue now yeah. it's right in the middle they just built a new one for it and as you start to hear the um, cast members start to talk and say we're going to do a show from literally free-flying macaws a couple of dozen of them parrots wow come flying from behind the tree and you see this flock of these incredibly beautiful birds sort of swooping around Discovery Island and then one by one making their way onto this perch and the cast members talk about them a little bit you see them feeding them every once in a while you look up and you'll see one hasn't made it past the tree of life and is sitting up in one of the tree branches in the tree of life <laughs> or is sitting on top of a building somewhere and they're still waiting for them to come down they all eventually do make it down and then you sit there for a little while you listen to just a few minutes and then they say goodbye and they all get up and fly usually within about a foot and a half of the tallest guy's head yeah 
and go right past the crowd to wherever they go. And it's so amazingly impressive. It's such a little thing, you know. So that again, that's 15 minutes long. Yeah. Most people don't even know it's there. No, unless and I, they happen I to walk admit, by. I've not had a chance to see it. Um, it's one of those things I've not just been not been in the right place at the right time in order to to see that particular attraction. At first, they weren't even. It was in testing phase for a long, long time, and they yeah. weren't telling people when it was. But I'm hearing now over the last since they've moved it, it's now getting some more billing into the. Um, you know, it's now in the timesheets and stuff like that. So check all that stuff, and you'll see it. Do not miss that. If you have kids. You will love this. Okay, it I'm is gonna, really something I'm just else. going to check times for today and see whether or not that's actually made it onto the timesheets now. It's interesting to see whether or not that is the case because um, yeah. obviously I was aware that it happened, but not when. So, uh, the other thing is some, some things happened seasonally as well. So That's not seasonal, though. From what I understand, it's now everything. It's it's, it's there all the time now. So. Wind Encounters, The Kingdom Takes Flight. Yes, it is now officially on the uh, the time schedule so yeah you can yep. go and see that while you're there what sort of times is it on at the moment and uh, there's none remaining for today according to this they've all yeah they're usually in the morning yeah there's no remaining the fir- first part of the day yeah so so, uh, is, so is that the equivalent of the main street trolley show yeah i suppose kind of in a way well it, it's the same sort of idea with the scheduling right because that's when everybody's on discovery island in the yeah, beginning yeah. of the day yeah. by the time you get to the middle of the day they're out in one of the lands yes that's true um, let's talk about uh, the one sort of main attraction. Well, the the main attraction that's that's building Discovery Island. It's tough right. to be a bug, right? Um, now, this uh, this still freaks me out. This attraction. I still can't <laughs> sit back on the chair. It doesn't matter how many times I do it. I just I can't. I can't do it. I hate that feeling in my back. It's horrible. Um, so uh, one of the things I when I was doing a bit of research for this and for another show that we did, that I never realised until I looked at it closely is that it's stuff to be a bug opened at the Animal Kingdom before Bugs Life came out in theatres. Yep. yep. Um, and oh, clearly, you know, people were going to see this attraction, going, I have no idea who this person is or who this person is. And it was always amazed me because Books Knife became a successful movie. And, uh, you know, I was always thought Disney always bring, you know, attractions out based on successful films. But it turns out that this attraction came before the movie did, which was um, unusual. But it's a 4D show. It's uh, underneath the uh, Tree of Life. I think it's, big, it's called the Tree of Life Theatre. Mm-hmm. And um, you're given bug eye, bug vision with these uh, 3D glasses, and um, you go in, and they tell you about the lives of the bugs. And there's a hopper animatronic that comes in. I think it's about five, four or five minutes long, if I'm rightly. Um, a little bit longer, little but bit longer. It, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's right around the 12 minute mark. Is it really? Like no yeah. way. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, incredibly well themed inside. Uh, mm-hmm. Incredibly interesting show. You know, I love watching the reaction of people as much as I love watching the show itself. Um, but I, I think it's uh, Alan. I know yeah. you quite like this one, don't you? You're a bit of a I, fan I, of this. I, I love the I love the the show. I think it's fantastic. My kids, not so much. Yeah, they, they like I mean, the concept of Bugs Life. Harry but was they don't f- like the interactive elements that are happening. Harry was fine till the spiders came down. Spiders, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopper, hoppers on the far right hand side. If yeah. you've got kids, try and shuffle over the other side. Yeah, um, yeah. Harry wasn't a fan of the spiders. I must admit, but the rest of it, he wasn't too bad. But the spiders were the point where he was like, "No, I'm not having this." Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I just <laughs> think it, I think it's fantastic. It's also an engineering marvel. I mean, in order to build the um, the theater itself, the engineering that they had to do in order to create the tree of life. Yeah. But yet have that hollow space underneath. It's actually built on the platform of an old oil rig. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, and it's um, you know the the what they had to do to 
to do that was quite incredible. It's also a testament to, to a theme that I always talk about on our show about design and about films and something that we may come back to later if we yeah. talk about a certain other film. It doesn't matter to me whether or not the film is any good or even if I've seen it. The, it doesn't matter that they didn't, you know, that people didn't know this. And this is the testament to that. Yeah. Nobody knew what a bug's life, what's tough to be a bug was, but that didn't affect, doesn't affect the quality of the attraction. Yeah, you done right. And, and this is a good attraction. And not every attraction needs to be good for five-year-olds. No. You know, some of them, some of them could be good for not five-year-olds. Well, we look at Alien <laughs> yeah. Encounter, for an example, of the Magic Kingdom was useless for five-year-olds, but it was a great ride. Yeah, I mean, we can go on and on. You can't put a five-year-old on Expedition Everest either. No, no. You know, so there's 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 tons of them. But uh, and this is one of them. I guess the complaint is most people think after the movie came out, oh, it's going to be cute like the Bugs Life. But you know, these bugs <laughs> did the same thing in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that then goes it goes back to the discovery aspect of it exactly. tells you a bit more about the bugs, doesn't yeah, it? It does. It's not just yep. cute bugs trying to kill off the grasshoppers. And, and more, I'm, and more importantly, guys, it's not just a cheap retelling of the film. No, for marketing purposes, it is a use of the characters in an entertaining and educational way, and that's the way Disney should always use their characters in parks. And I, and not these sort of retell, short retellings of films, which I think, except for the, uh, except for the original great Walt attractions. You know, yeah. when they do that, it always cheapens the attraction to me. It always makes the it makes the the ride or the film just yeah. less than what it really could be. It's not a new experience; it's just reliving the whole thing again. You know, yeah. I'm going to be probably get people mad, but I think of the new mermaid attraction. I was you know, just thinking yeah. the same thing as you said it. Right? What a what a great concept it could be. The queue is amazing. The building the building's amazing. The audio animatronics are good, and and Finding Nemo at Epcot the same way. But it's so dull because they didn't do anything new. They didn't do anything different. They just—it's literally scene by scene. Yeah, yeah. It's just scene by scene, and this—and they don't delve into the scene as well, and no character development like in the movies. Yeah. And it—you're not—you can't really do that. You can't tell that kind of story like you can. So tell a new one that does fit. And this is a great example. And, and does work. So. And because of that, you know, it stands the testament of time. Because it's not story based and it's not based on a classic attraction, classic story. It works because it's it's telling something that doesn't get old and that the facts don't change. The facts stay the same. Um, right. I think that works really well. It's uh, originally they were thinking of putting a restaurant, I believe, underneath yes. the Theatre of Life, yeah. which I'm so pleased they chose not to do. And instead, we they had they had a lot of ideas in in, in mind. There's a lot of stuff. That has gone, you know, that 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 uh, has been out there as potentials for not only under the tree of life, but in place of the tree of life. Mm. There's been a lot of sort of lost ideas and big giant animal carousels and all that kind of stuff as what the icon of the park was going to be. And there's a lot of information out there. You can actually find that on our website, JohnBoEveryone.com. If you go to the lost DAK files. You'll uh, you'll see a lot of that stuff. Mike likes to write about that stuff. So, so we've talked about below. Let's talk about above uh -huh. then. So built right on top was is, is Discovery Island Trails and the Tree of Life. Right. Um, so the Tree of Life again. You talk about this feat of engineering. The Tree of Life is a feat of engineering itself. Was it eighteen months to build from top to mm -hmm. bottom? Um, Three hundred odd uh, carvings. I think they've they've increased it slightly. There's nothing odd about changes. them. Not well. No, but um, uh, is it 180,000 leaves somewhere around there? Um, this thing is 
you know, we talk about how the castle was was kind of pioneering in the time when it was built, and we talk about the spaceship Earth was was pioneering when it was built. No one has ever built a tree this big and managed to make it look as authentic as possible. Surely. I mean, the tree itself is not only an engineering marvel; it's also an artistic marvel. Yeah. Um, the sculptures that are that are put into it, not only the tree, but the roots that are sort of surrounding it, that are technically separate. Um, structures and now have extended all the way out and some beautiful work they've done on on some of the new ones that are there mm. um, you know it's 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 gorgeous and my only regret is that because of the potential of health and safety hazards they've kind of limited how close you can get to it yeah. And I always wish that we could get up a lot closer and get a lot more photographs with it kind of right on top of it, like you can with the castle right get right up into yeah. it almost. yeah yeah of course um, have the nets come down yet. Well, they still they have come down, but I'm hearing now that they're gonna might go back up. Well, that there oh, might okay. be some more work done and some painting done on some of the leaves and things like that. So it, it, that's another thing I wanted to mention for for people who are going this summer. Yeah, I feel bad for you because the park is one giant construction wall right now. Yeah, we? I think Walt Disney World's a full construction <laughs> yes, site. Yes, yeah, everywhere. but this park more than anything else. I mean, there's there's walls everywhere, and and when I was there last time, I mean. The Discovery Island was like a hallway in a school. It was just, you know, yeah. <laughs> w- w- light green walls covering you everywhere and it just walking down, you know, these hallways instead of these areas that you can experience. It so. completely threw me when I arrived in, in yeah. Discovery Island. There was these walls everywhere and I was like, no, everywhere. I can't actually remember everywhere. where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people overlook the, the, the tree of life anyway when they, because they are going to, um, it's tough to be a bug. They're sort of, a bit like racing through the oasis. They're racing through the trails to get yeah. to the attraction. Yeah. The thing I mentioned before, the, the, the Tree of Life trails, um, where you can see some of the animals that I mentioned before, specifically the Galapagos tortoise and some of those out there, um, that is the best spot to get sort of really nice photographs from under the tree. Um, yeah. The queue line at, and and the entering and exiting of the, the attraction has some good ones too, mm-hmm. but you go around to the left to enter the Tree of Life trails. It's across from what's now going to be Starbucks, um, but it used to be <laughs> a, a, the gift shop there. It used to be across, Mercatile, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Across, across from there is uh, the entrance, and you're going to see um, some really great shots there. So if you're into photography, and Animal Kingdom is the most photogenic of the parks, in my opinion, yeah. um, that, that's a great spot to go. It's also the Discovery Island since the the death of Camp Mini Mickey. Um, it's become quite a, a character meet and greet location as well. I think there's four or five yeah. locations now there. You can meet uh, Doug and um, Russell from Up. You've got Mickey and Minnie in there as well. You've got Baloo and King Louie, I think, around there. In one, I location. thought they were in Africa. Are they in Africa? They will be in Africa. That would make sense. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else is inside Discovery Island now. There's one more I'm missing, and I can't remember off the head. This is, is not my patch of grass, guys. No, I don't no, do character I, meet and greet, so you're, you're on your own here. Who they are, but I know uh, Doug and Russell, the queue for Doug and Russell when I was last there was insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, it was just massive. Um, when, when we went sort of a few years ago, it seemed almost like it was impromptu. There didn't seem to be that many people there, but obviously it's, it's now definitely a permanent yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a permanent location now and because it's a permanent location, it means that, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's probably the only place at the minute that you can see them. Right, you've got Mickey and Minnie, you've got that's, Doug and... That's a permanent location yeah. too, the Mickey and Minnie Doug one, and that's purpose-built for that, which is really nicely Daisy done. Daisy Duck is the other one and yep. on, and the other one's Pocahontas. 
Oh, really? There you go. Pocahontas in Discovery Island Trail. Okay. She's right, right, sort of to the left of the tree. Um, near so near the, the porcupine. Pro- yeah, near the porcupine. There you go. So there, that's where I knew there was there was one I was missing. That's who it is. Um, okay, so uh, what are we missing in Discovery Island Trail? We have not talked about food. We're at food. No. Here we go. We talked about Rainforest Cafe and Oasis. So we've got the Island of Java. We've got Flame Tree Barbecue. Uh, garden kiosks, beastly kiosks, uh, Discovery Island kiosks. There's a lot of kiosks. Lot yeah, of kiosks. they're kind of yeah. hidden between the walls. And then there's Pizza Pizza Safari. Now, Pizza Safari. I think it's a little bit marmite. Some people love it. Some people hate it. What's your opinion? Disney doesn't know how to make pizza. Okay, that's, that's my fine. opinion. Yeah, I'm with um, you on that one. And, and and my my I may be maybe not everybody um, shares that opinion. I'm again from the northeast of the United States, which is the one of only two places in the world where they make good pizza, in yeah. my opinion. Um, <laughs> and so you go to Disney and you have their pizza, and it's not anywhere near as good. So, yeah. um, but it's beautifully themed inside. The paintings inside are gorgeous, and they're actually now building a what what is not yet confirmed, but we're hearing is going to be a sit-down restaurant sort of as part of it as well. We don't yeah. know what's going to be in there. Um, it's a good place for breakfast. Um, they had some little little things. If you just you know if you have kids that like pizza, the, you know the breadsticks aren't bad. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, so it's sticks. it's okay. I go, I find myself in there quite a bit um, because it's so big and it's air conditioned, and you know, it, you know, it has its benefits. But it, it, is Pizza Fari the one that's all painted up to look like animals? Yes, yes. and it's all animals um, in different um, settings. So you have you know, like nighttime animals and 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 that kind of thing. And upside and down ones, right? And it, it, yeah, right, exactly. And then, um, as opposed to the rest of Discovery Island, which is all based on predator and prey, yeah. So right. you'll so you'll see the different animals that prey on each other, <laughs> in, in sort of artistic uh, of life representations. Exactly, all over the place, especially at the Flame Tree Barbecue, where we are essentially the predators eating the prey. It sort of fits there. It, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've never thought of it like that. You're dead right. Uh, I'll, and I'll say this, guys: we have we're, um, the food at Disney's Animal Kingdom is, in my opinion, the best value anywhere in Disney parks. Maybe the food at the at Epcot overall is better because yeah. of the choices of the restaurants. But as far as what you can get here for the money that you spend, it's better at this park than in any other. However, we've only talked about two of them so far and they're both the two I would tell people not to go to. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm right. <laughs> One of the I I think I find that the food in Animal Kingdom is good, but I think that the external companies that provide food in the parks is better than the the stuff that Disney provide. And we'll probably come on to that. Well, we will come on to that a little bit later okay. as we go around. Yep. Um, right. So we've we've talked about a little bit about food. Uh, Island Mercantile, obviously, you're saying his is changing. Yes. It's becoming a Starbucks, and you've got Disney Outfitters in there. I always go back. No, I have this bit. Creature, of tra- Creature Comforts is becoming a Starbucks. That's it. Creature Comforts is becoming a Starbucks, yep. not the other. Island Mercantile is going to stay the way it is. That's it's, right. Um, yeah, it's sort of the catch-all shop now. That's yeah, it's, and they've still got. I bought a T-shirt years and years ago, like back in 1999, 2000, which is poo with Tigger on it saying, uh, with with a tiger on it saying, "Tigger is that you?" And I always go back in to see if they still sell it, and they still do. Still there. It's clearly yeah. a favourite. I um, I had one sort of really bad morning at the Animal Kingdom. I think uh, it, it came from all you can eat clams over at another restaurant. Okay. And um, as as I came into the park, I headed straight off to the right hand side where there's some toilets. And then um, 
slumped myself in the pizza safari, pizza safari realizing that I actually started to need to get changed. I'm sounding like a right vagrant here. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, straight island mercantile. I've got the best t-shirt ever. Expedition Everest one. Oh, there you go. Perfect. The island, the island mercantile. Um, across from that is Disney Outfitters, which is a little bit more of an Animal Kingdom theme over there, yes. as opposed to the Island Mercantile, which I would say is kind of sort of like mouse gear. Yeah, or, it's more of your right. Disney character. Yeah, stuff, the, like the Emporium or something yeah. like that. It has everything kind of Disney related. Um, the better one I like better is the is the Outfitters across the hall, across right. the, the the path. Where are we going next? Are we going left or are we going right? Before we go anywhere, oh, go I then. don't want to to shortchange the food on Discovery Island. Okay because Flame Tree Barbecue is there. I've always been a big fan of that. It's closed now, but it should be open soon. Uh, uh, they're going to do some, they're going to make it a little more friendly uh, for inclement weather. It has, guys, some of the best places to eat, some of the best locations anywhere. You can get your food at the, at the counter and walk almost to the waterfront and yeah. sit in some of these beautifully themed areas overhang overhung areas that are just gorgeous and i would really recommend that there the, if you like barbecue it's not bad it's you know better than not bad i should say it's pretty good um and go out you know it's got some great mm -hmm. spots to sit so i would really i don't want to just leave it at that at the pizza fari there are actually some good <laughs> spots there <laughs> there is the, do, they, they do turkey legs don't know just don't eat don't. do they still have little um sort of picnic benches dotted around discovery island they uh no they had a couple of them there now they they're they're moving them over into you know everybody's seating in this one spot right. now so okay okay because right. um a few years ago I, I did a thing called picnic in the park oh yeah, oh yeah yes and you you pre-ordered your picnic yeah. picked it up in a bag and you got loads of food i it forgot was, about that we great did value that as well um <laughs> and, and then you sort of went along the discovery tra island trails and Funny little area to sit. That's one of those things that died away. Huh? Yeah, didn't it? Just, yeah. I think, and it lasted like a year or two, didn't it? it might have even been a year. It's a shame. It was good value. Uh, right, what are we going then? Left or right? We're going to Africa. We're going to Dinoland. Let's go to the right. Let's go to the right. Let's go to Dinoland USA then. Fabulous. Okay. And let's start off over there um, and talk a little bit about what's going over in Dinoland. And uh, this has kind of become a a bit of a, an area on its own now, where you've got you've got Africa and Asia, which are yeah, obviously your continents, and then you've suddenly got this fictitious. Hester and Chester's traveling show, Dinoland USA, all completely by itself. Um, again, another area that I think is maybe overlooked a little bit by people. Um, and a lot of people go and see it and go, how cheesy does this place look? It's terrible. Yeah. What are these right. these sideshows and all these things that are going on about? And I think, again, because we are Disney addicts, I think we can all admit that I'm Disney and I'm a Disney-holic, um, that it's supposed to be like this. It's supposed yeah. to look cheesy. Yeah. And I remember looking on forums when it first opened up and people were going, oh, they've cut corners here. You know, they've done this so cheaply. But then when you when you actually look at it and you actually realise the work that's gone into it, you realise, no, this isn't done cheaply. Because, for example, in Chester and Hester's um, area, where it's all tarmac, to have that much tarmac that would withstand people walking across it all day long <laughs> in, in heels, whatever it was. You know, I love wearing my heels. Um, it would just sink <laughs> away and melt, and to and to make it look worn and cracked and all that sort of stuff as well, you know, and to and like you say to withstand that weather, yeah, um, is again another supposed feat of engineering, just as everywhere else is. <laughs> right. So, so the so the story is, you come into the boneyard, which is the discovery area of where the scientists who work for the Dino Institute found 
skeletons and fossils of dinosaurs however many years ago. Do you know what? I'm going to play and, this now. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm sorry? This. I'm going to play this now. <laughs> Got to. Digging in Dino Land. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they then tried to buy the whole area so that they can excavate the entire area, but there was one couple, Chester and Hester, who wouldn't sell off their little parcel of land. And instead, as people started to come to the Dino Institute to see the dinosaurs, they ins they wanted to um, start and make a little money off that on their own and started this sort of roadside um, attraction that's very popular in parts, uh, or used to be very popular yeah. in parts of America, certainly on uh, Route 66 and, you know, things like that. So route, route 1 heading down south, there's been a lot of those over yeah. the years. There still are quite a few of them. For those who drive down to Florida, yeah. they've seen a few as well. Um, so that's the story behind it. I, I, if you talk to my 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 uh, partner in crime, Safari Mike, who does the show with me, he will yeah. uh, just go on and on about the virtues of Chester and Hester and how wonderful this area is, and uh, he he just he he loves it. He's a giant fan of it. I personally don't like the game section. I think they no. could have done something a little bit better than just sort of carny games there. Um, I do like the the attractions that are there, and I love the theming and the story behind it. I think Dinosaur is a great attraction. I think the uh, you know the discovery aspect of it. I just think they could have. There was a lot of opportunity to really build on the learning of dinosaurs, just like they yeah. do in other parts of the park, yeah. and maybe kind of didn't really do that. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And and I, although saying that, the attraction wise, this is the one area for me personally. I feel it. It falls down attraction-wise. Dinosaur, I love dinosaur. We'll come to that in a bit. Right. But Triceratops, Spins, and Primeval World are very much off-the-shelf attractions. Disney have been in, in picked and picked them out of a catalogue and then themed them to fit what they've right. done. And that's that was the only disappointment to me. And I, I understand why they've done it. They've done it because it's the whole carny sort of idea, Chester and Hester thing. Right. But they're two attractions. I must admit, Primeval World, Triceratops. I don't think I've ever been on Triceratops Spin. Just because I look at it and go, well, that's... It's just that's, a kid's ride. It's, yeah, magic, I mean, it's the magic yeah. carpet and Dumbo, but with dinosaurs right. rather than a, a carpet. Um, saying that, though, have you done Dumbo? Yeah, we've done Dumbo, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you do Triceratops spin? It's the same. It's exactly the same. So I'm just like... Meh. You don't have but to wait in line for it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> but then Primeval World as well, you know, again, it's another attraction that's a little bit off the shelf sort of thing, and, and it... That's the only thing that disappoints me about this particular area, attractions-wise. Do you ever notice the story of Primeval World? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. It's, it's the story of Dinosaur yes. just done in sort of goofy um, uh, cartoon characters. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I get I get all of that. It, but the ride itself, for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I've, I've done it a couple of times. I, I mean, I like it. I do back. it. I un I also understand that in the park, especially a park that needed, that was going to be so heavy on education and so heavy on sort of theming and stuff, that there did need to be a lighthearted area that, you know, for families yeah. oh, and yeah. stuff to do. And they did such an amazing job on the Boneyard. I mean, I just think it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And they did a really great job on the Dino Institute. And they, I think they tried to do the best they could to Disney-fy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that little kids area of the Dinorama. Yeah, uh, I just think there could have. I, I don't. The games does just don't work for me. I don't. I don't like to play them. I don't. You know, we can do them again. I'm from Jersey. They have them on every beach. <laughs> so, you're saying you I haven't mean, won. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. You've not Are you won saying anything? they haven't won any toys? <laughs> I, I've never. I've just never tried them. I've okay. never even done them because they're just. You could watch them. They're regular games. They're off the shelf games, like yeah. you're saying. Um, I want a shark. You want I a shark. <laughs> well, now you love it, don't you? That's it now. <laughs> you're just gonna wait for no one else to be playing. It's great. All right, I'll try that. But you have to pay for it. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, do you know how you pay for it? How? Go ahead. You have to go into the the souvenir shop to buy special tokens, that's which right. are. Chester and Hester dollars, basically. But doesn't my $100 ticket price <laughs> at least <laughs> yes. get me a couple of gameplays, guys? <laughs> Clearly I mean, not. Clearly that's that's not all. I just, I, I'm not as big a fan of it, although I do like it. But uh, having said that, there is a part of every park that is like this that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. So, I, I, but I, you know, some of it is terrific. The Boneyard is terrific. If you have kids, they're going to well, love it. Well, yeah, so it. let's talk about the Boneyard a little bit. You know, we're talking a multi-story, uh, netted yep. play area that these kids can go in through one door and they cannot escape through any other. And it's great I mean, for two things. One, the kids love it. They get to run around and, and burn off some energy. And secondly, the parents get to sit outside and get to watch them. Uh, which is lovely because it gives you an ch opportunity to relax as well. But the theming of it, are very clever. You know, the the dinosaurs within the sand that they can they can uncover um, is it, it, the the theme just comes all the way through the, the player and it's brilliant. I think. Have you yeah. have you got kids, Dave? I have. Um, I do now. Um, I have a son, but he's only eight weeks old. Oh, okay, you're all right for for a while. So you haven't pushed him down the slide yet. So no. no, so I've spent the last forty years of my life going there, you know, with just only myself to think about. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, so. but I have been in the boneyard because I have nieces and nephews, and I've taken them through all these things. So I've been, I've definitely been through there. Yeah, and you know how you said you, you, the characters weren't your thing, and you didn't know where they were. Exactly, you will do soon. I understand. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I what I was going to say is, so Disney specialize in non-slidey slides. Yeah, they're not very slidey, are they? I understand oh. that. Too. Yeah. Well, you got to be safe about these things. <laughs> and as far as the as far as the uh, the characters go, I'm gonna try. Uh, it's my my wife doesn't like this idea, but I'm gonna try to tell the kid right away. These are just people dressed up in sweaty outfits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really, <laughs> <laughs> not really it, Mickey Mouse. It won't work. I can tell you now. It, really it might. Work. Um. So we've talked about most of the attractions. The one we haven't talked about is Dinosaur. Uh, now, Dinosaur wasn't originally Dinosaur. It was originally a, an attraction called Countdown to Extinction. Which much better name, by the way. It was a much better name, yeah. And then, of course, the movie <laughs> Dinosaur came out, and Disney went, Synergy, yeah. and changed it to Dinosaur. Now, here's an example. I think we were talking about earlier about it. it's a tree of, uh, the, under the tree of life with Bug's Life, um, and it's tough to be a bug. It doesn't have to be a good film to make a good attraction. I think here's a perfect example. Dinosaur's a fairly pleasant film. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It isn't at all abusive or anything. But it was never a classic. It was never really going to no. be. It was Disney trying to use something a little bit different, trying to be clever. The thing is, they may have renamed the attraction, but it is still a good attraction, even though um, it's not. The film isn't. Yeah, I only got about halfway through the film, to be honest. And I only watched it because I'd done the ride at Disney, so it was, yeah. I was trying there's, to see if there's no relationship between the two at all. No, I mean, for, just 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 sort of the characters a little bit. Yeah, Aladar not. comes in at the end, doesn't he? Because yeah. they they have to throw him in there somewhere. But that was pretty much right. about it. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm waiting for the day, and I do think it'll happen when when uh, there's a big refurb done on this ride as everyone needs to have and that'll probably happen after avatar opens and stuff um that they go back to that name i just i, I feel like they may yeah. do that one day um i think they will and and 
you know, this attraction is very, very cleverly themed. It's very cleverly done. Uh, it uses the same track system and, and track layout as Indiana Jones in Disneyland. Right. But again, it's another attraction as we talk about. It, not everything has to be for five-year-olds. This attraction is not for five-year-olds. Um, it's also not for uh, grandparents, I discovered, because my my dad hates this attraction. Um, <laughs> we, the, the, the ride photo we've got is brilliant of his the sheer terror on his face. I'm quite surprised <laughs> no. when he didn't let go of the restraints in front of them that the actual bar wasn't in the shape of his hands. Um, <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh. My wife yeah. hates it. I love it. I always loved it I've, from the very first time I wrote it. When when I first went down there, in you know, in 1999, um, it, it was just. I think it's a great, a great attraction, a yep. great story to it, yep. and it has Claire Huxtable in it. So how could you, <laughs> uh, how could you argue with that? This is true, uh, and also it's got some really classic sort of dialogue from the pre-show as well, which a lot of people. Of and also That's... dialogue from. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the explorer now. Oh. Well, Explorer. What's his who, the name? Sorry, not the Explorer. The Se- Doctor Seeker. Doctor Seeker. Grant Seeker. There we go. Hey. We're there. It's like from my in my. I was like, where's that gone? Um, this also <laughs> contains possibly my favorite sight gag in any Disney theme park. And Does that is. Know which one? It. It's in the queue. You're coming up to the loading area, and there are three pipes. There's the yellow, <laughs> the red, and the white pipes. You've got to look for these. And this is journey. I tell my family every time I see this. Um, originally, the attraction was sponsored by McDonald's, and they were obviously had to get as many McDonald's references in as they could. And there are three pipes at the top. I don't know if you know this one, Alan. A red, a yellow, and a uh, white. And each of them have got chemical symbols and chemical equations on them. And each of those equations are the chemical equations for tomato ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. <laughs> Oh, they missed yep. out on barbecue sauce. Yeah, I missed out on barbecue sauce. I just, I think, it's, no, it's completely random, but it's one of my favourite sight gags in any Disney park. Do you know the best bit is? What? Someone's told you that and you believed it. No, it's, it's genuine. No, it is, true. it is true. It is true. It is true. <laughs> there we go. You didn't know that. So next time you're in, in the in the loading area for uh, Dinosaur, look out for that because it is genuinely true. The, di- the dinosaur area is full of sight gags, yeah, not just the, there, but all throughout Dinoland. It's full of them. And one, again, we, we talk about the education element of this, and we go back to the yep. to the queue slightly. Um, that very Jurassic Park esque uh, kind of waiting area as you come through before the right. pre-show, and you've got um, the history of dinosaurs and how it tells you, and it lights up different parts of the room to give you all of that information with regards to the point when the meteor hit and all that sort of stuff it's really really interesting to listen to sadly very difficult to listen to as well yeah. because of the amount of people who are making so much noise in the queue area I, I would love that section to be a bit like um, the the end film when you go on Norway you know after you've done Maelstrom there's right. the film yeah, at the end what, you can most people just it. run straight yeah. through it <laughs> I, would, run, I would like to think that you've got the right. option to see the history of the dinosaurs yeah, or just possibly. run straight through it yeah, but I, I find I was a bit of a dinosaur geek when I was a kid. So for me, you know, I love this area. And I very nearly bought, there's a fantastic t-shirt in the in the shop as you come out of Dinosaur, which is a, a Tricera, uh, is it? yeah, Trinosaurus Rex that says, and it's got him on it with a t-shirt, on the t-shirt. It says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your, oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know why I didn't buy it. And I, in fact, Alan, I might have to ask you to pick one up for me while you're out there. But um, it's just the best T-shirt. It's brilliant. Oh, and there used to be a little bit more educational element yeah. to Dinoland too. They used to have more of the of the dinosaur skeletons there. Um, now they're kind of they're kind of scattered around the outside. There's the Cretaceous Trail that has some representations of dinosaurs. Um, 
but there there is still some there. And there's a couple of animals there as well, including an American crocodile. It's that gigantic. Crocodile is massive. Honestly, yep. you look at it and think, okay, there's only a small fence between it and me. If it really, yep, exactly. if it really thought about this, I'd be dead in seconds. Exactly. I've, I've got to say that when you see that American crocodile, he's motionless. Yep. He just sits there without moving. And yep. the amount of people that I've seen going over that fence and looking at it and going, well, not going over the fence, that'd be crazy. Um, and going, is that plastic? Yeah, no. yeah, and, and and the reason it's still is because it's where they feed feed the lost children. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's full. It's not hungry. When, when it's a small world, can't cope with anymore. Yeah, pretty much exactly. <laughs> but the other thing about just um, Dino Land is yeah. that we talk about the education aspect of the the rides and the attraction stuff, but there is the story of it being an educational place. Yeah, you've got um, when you go into the restaurants. You've got all the students, digs, etc. That we're going to the Dino Institute doing the, right, the learning. Yeah. So should we should we talk a little bit about food then as we've gone that way? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've obviously got Restaurantosaurus, which is just here. Um, now this was originally a McDonald's. It's obviously linking in with the the Countdown to Extinction uh, link, but it's now become a kind of a, a, a venue that's got very standard fare: your burgers, your sandwiches, your hot dogs, those sort of things. Right. But as Alan already said, the theming inside is fantastic, even if the food's not as good. I've, I've never had. There used to be a thing called a shrimp po boy. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got no idea what a po boy is. <laughs> po boy is that the term? It might have been something like that. I don't know what it's called. You don't know what a po' boy is? No. No, it sounds rude. Po' boy is a sandwich um, that is uh, indigenous to New Orleans. Oh, okay. And it's very good. The next time you go there, gentlemen, if yep. the po' boy is still on the menu, and I think it might be, That's what have it. Try. Okay. Also, the next time you go there, they make some terrific iced rum lemonades. Okay. That are Ooh, that are very dangerous. How have I missed this? Where did I miss that one? Yeah, yeah. Got to look out for this stuff. Okay, That's the re- that. the food there is actually kicked up a notch recently. It's pretty good. I would also recommend before you get into Dino Land, um, right uh, right before you get in, there's a thing called Dino Bite Snacks. Right before yeah. you get into Restaurantosaurus, I'm Dino sorry. Dino Bite's great. Um, they make these cookie sandwiches. Yes. Ice cream with the cookies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, unfortunately, we got stuck at Dino Bites uh, during a massive rainstorm. And um, yeah, I, that I was, sounds I got like a really, really bad bored, thing to happen. I really bored. I thought I'll have to try one of them just to cure my boredom. That was my excuse, yep. anyway. And, and the Trilo Bites used to do um, the waffles and strawberry. That's and- right, yeah. That stuff. I don't know that they still do because since the do. since the um, Flame Tree Barbecue closed, they've been popping different things into different areas now to try to make up for the loss of that yeah. uh, massive uh, you know eatery there. So they've been trying yeah. to, to to work that over. But I would absolutely recommend Restaurantosaurus, and it certainly is a lot to look at there. The yeah. theming in there is amazing. Really, yeah. really nice. I think if you sort of time it right, you can go and sit into the caravan. There's like yes. a, a trailer caravan. Yes, there is. <laughs> Airstream. Yep. That's the word. <laughs> Classic Airstream. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say are... airflow, but that was going to be totally that wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> Airstream. It's like an aluminum or Bakelite kind of constructed, um, what you guys call a caravan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I, I totally love this restaurant. It's, it's my must go to place. Every time I go to the Animal Kingdom, I always have to go there. Um, and one of the things we talked about, Pecos Bills, the other day, about the toppings bar. This has yep. got a toppings bar where you know you've got your burger and chips or fries as you want to call them. Mm-hmm. 
eat all your fries before you get to the Topman's bar, then you've got more space to put toppings. It's uh, it's another Pecos Bill uh, uh, tip, isn't Challenge. it? Challenge. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's good. And, and we also wanted to talk about um, shopping. Can I make a yeah, mention of that before yeah, we move along please, out of Dino Land? Please do. Uh, totally. Um, one of Safari Mike's absolute favorite shops in all of the Animal Kingdom is Chester and Hester's. Yes. Um, which is a one of the larger gift shops uh, in the park, I, I, I think in all of the park. Um, and it is one of the few places that still has some sort of cool, uh, unique stuff. Um, there is your standard action figures and stuff like that, but there's a lot of sort of dinosaur things in there as well um, that are that are worth checking out, and it's incredibly well-themed. And if you look, you'll actually find a photograph of Chester and Hester and see exactly what they look like. So yes. you can go through there. That's a good and an interesting shop and one of the better shops. It's about the yeah. only location you can find Chester and Hester, isn't it, if I remember I think right. it is. Yeah. I think it is. Yep. And you can... You can also buy your um, your tokens for playing them lovely games, which I enjoy. Those, those wonderful games, correct. Now, there's one place we haven't talked about, which is uh-huh. kind of Dino Land USA, although it doesn't fit with it at all. It does, um, it does. And that is <laughs> just in the slightest. And I'm, I'm is, looking at the map here, and I'm thinking this just totally makes sense yeah, this now. Is, it. This, well, it, it's what used to be known as the Theatre in the Wild. Um, it housed... Uh, originally Journey into the Jungle Book that's fine it housed then Tarzan Rocks which was a great show I love Tarzan Rocks and really I did I loved it it was brilliant most people absolutely dreaded that that show that gets Uh, such such a bad name and now it houses what for me is one of the best shows in the entire existence of Walt Disney World and that is Finding Nemo the Musical I love this show absolutely love it it is so it the music is written by the same guys who wrote the, the music for Frozen they wrote Avenue Q um, the songs are phenomenal the, the way they stage it is amazing it is like watching a mini full-scale Broadway musical in a theme park you know we talk about how earlier about them charging for Carney games this is the thing that it should be charging for because i'd pay to go and see this every single time it is fantastic it's such a good show it gives me goosebumps every time i see it um i i can't i can't say a bad thing about finding nemo the musical so i'll leave that to you two. Oh no problem um it's not <laughs> uh-oh it's actually of all the what we would call e-ticket attractions yeah. my least favorite oh wow um, okay. yeah because once again we're trying to to tell a very shortened version of a much larger, yes. much more involved story than what you get in this experience. And even though the experience is good, the the, the it's very impressive, um, there's two things that fall short for me. One, oh. if you've seen the film, you're getting a cliff note version of it. Yes, that's and, right. And I'm not a fan of cliff note versions of films. And two, I can't get past the people talking for the puppet thing. I mean, I just can't get past that. Okay, can I can I put my I don't it, it just looks silly to me and I can't get past that. It's a beautiful theme. It's an incredible theater. The music is fantastic. Everything you said is right. Yeah. You but, see but but personally I can't do it. You see how how can you not get goosebumps here in this? Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times I hear that beginning. Every time, and the lights come down as that plays. Oh, even now I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, I've, I've well, got to say, the first first time that I saw the the show, I was like, I left the place wiping tears out of my eyes. Oh, you sat near the fans again? Yeah, <laughs> drying my eyes out. The second time, as soon as that music starts, that's when the tears start. Oh, I love it, honestly. 
I, I get it. I get I get Dave's idea of it being cliff notes, and, and you know, usually I watch stuff like that, and yeah, but oh, doesn't matter. Just even the way that the the characters come out from the stage, the the wall around you. Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty cool thing. It's clearly a British thing. I also wanted to make a comment about the theater's placement because we had this sort of snarky, it's yeah. not like dinosaur thing. Um, that theater was always designed to be the one spot in in Animal Kingdom where it was away from all of the um, from all of the themed lands, so that they could put whatever they wanted in there. Yeah, that was always the purpose of that theme. So they can uh, that that theater, so they can change the 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 show to anything they wanted. It gave them. Cart, sort of carte blanche to do whatever they wanted there. So even though it may list on your parks as, I mean, it doesn't, it's not physically in Dino Land and is not supposed to be. So that's what's cool about that theater is that they can put whatever they want in there. And I hope that it changes over the years. I have a feeling that they've found a hit here and they yeah. may not change this for yeah, a while. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's going to change for a good while, is it? You know, they're still yeah. packing the theaters out with this. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that I'm sure that I've seen somewhere, and it might be just on posters or um, the billboard things that are around the um, theater, but I'm sure it references the Dino Institute. Now, my take on that was that it was like the lecture the theater. I'm, I'm sure there's like um, like the Showtime posters. Oh, now that's, inter that's an interesting thought. So I was thinking, is it like the lecture theater for the Dino Institute? No, or the theater in the wild is supposed to have kept that same. Uh, I know they they still call it the theater in the wild. Yeah. yeah. So they've kept, they've kept that same sort of idea that it's sort of off on its own into the wild and not in you know and and whatever you want it to be oh well but, and then chesters but, and hesters was right in the middle of that and that would be the prime real estate that they would be keeping hold of for most money uh, they may be trying to shoehorn something like that and now but that's uh, it, that, that doesn't work if that's what they're doing but, um, uh, but it works right. better than people talking for puppets no, it, it, <laughs> just, no i'm not listening to you so i'll get my own back when we talk about avatar later um the it's got one of the worst queue lines for shade as well. Oh, man. Yes. I tell you what, when I queued for this, I nearly melted. Yeah. It was yeah. horrendous. Because one of the problems with Animal Kingdom, one of the, it, there's one thing with the Animal Kingdom that is, is its beauty and also its curse. And that is the amount of trees and foliage there are. It looks absolutely beautiful with all of these trees and these plants and all this sort of stuff. But equally, they say that that also increases the t can increase the temperature within the park up by about park 10 degrees. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell, tell me how shade in the middle of a Florida afternoon can increase the temperature in a no, park. No, by just the amount of uh, amount of foliage, amount of trees there are. They say that, that that because of the amount of the dense amount of trees That's and everything there are, that it increases the temperature. What it, it does is the wind. What it does is, on the occasional day in the middle of the summer when you may get yeah. some wind in Central Florida, yeah. which doesn't happen all no, the no, time, no. Um, but on the occasional day that you do, um, it does decrease that. It also holds in the humidity. Yes, that's well, yeah, this, like, that's what I'm thinking right. of—the humidity rather than the heat. Yeah. However, stand in the middle of the sun on a 95 degree August afternoon in the Animal Kingdom. I mean, in the Magic Kingdom, or stand underneath a tree uh, in the Animal Kingdom, <laughs> it's going to be cooler in the shade, boys. That's just how that works. Yes. Well, yes. It's um, one of those weird legends that comes out of a couple of bloggers and a couple of guys who pushed that notion for years. Right, okay. And it just doesn't make any sense to me at okay. all. I don't We've been making money off it for years. Yeah, what's this all about? Stop <laughs> dissing the blog. Yeah, stop, stop doing that. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> right, have we, have we finished with Dino Land? We haven't, haven't we? Yes. Uh, right, let's head yes. up then. We're, we're going across continent. 
and we're heading over to Asia. And of course, the first thing we meet when we get to Asia, Asia is the behemoth that is Expedition Everest. Um, the single most beautiful attraction building ever built by Disney. It is in my phenomenal. Without any exception. It is, it, it's just, I, I don't know what his square footage is uh, off the top of my head, but what I do know is it is massive. Um, and you can see this thing clearly from the top uh, in, in Blizzard Beach. You look down from Blizzard Beach and this thing yeah. sticks out. It's absolutely huge. But it is, it's absolutely beautiful on the outside. Uh, and, and the actual theming of it is so very clever. The Even that lift hill going up and going through that sort of almost temple as you're going up towards the top. The For an, for an attraction that you pass through so quickly, the theming is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah you're, now in, you're now in Circazong. There's Asia is one of the few parts that I think it might be the only land, I'll put that in quotes, in Disney that actually has two separate towns named towns of the yeah, land i think you may be right all right and so this is circazong and all of circazong is um the queue for expedition everest yeah. that's the town of circazong so as you go through that you see the temple you see the tourist spots you see the train station you see the expedition office you see all these kind of things all in the queue the museum that's there and it's all built on this whole idea of a rail line that will take you a new rail line. Well, it's actually an old rail line that was remade, uh, re you know, <laughs> brought back from the dead, so to speak, yeah. to take you on a shortcut to Everest through the Forbidden Mountain. And that is what the uh, rail service does, the Anandapur Rail yeah. Service does. And uh, it, you, so you have this incredible thing. Uh, and I, what I always tell people is if you can avoid a fast pass, for Expedition Everest, try to yeah. because if you do the fast pass, you miss the queue, and the queue is terrific. It's, and they're, it's got to be the most detailed queue Disney have ever created. Certainly, and the 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 museum, the Yeti Museum, is really incredible. And yeah. I would there's a lot I can say about the Yeti Museum, but I want to say just this one thing, which is you will see a picture of a guy who's now on the Travel Channel in the United States. His name is Josh Gates. And Josh Gates is a um, – he started off doing a show called Destination Truth, which was on a sci-fi network here in the U.S. And it was one of these shows where they would go looking for, uh, you know, a Yeti or the Loch Ness Monster yeah. or what yeah. that sort of thing, cryptozoological things, legends. And he was on an expedition in the Himalayas and came across this footprint yeah. that he cast – and he got this footprint and brought it home and didn't know what to do with it. And he was a big, big fan of Disney. And so he spent two years trying to contact somebody in Disney to say, because after he went on Expedition Everest, he thought that's this Yeti Museum is where he wants where he where he can put this thing because yeah. he had no use for a cast and he nobody want nobody else wanted it. So he so he spent two years trying to get Disney to to answer his phone call until finally he had somebody who said, "Listen, the guy you want to talk to is Joe Rody." Yeah. He finally gets Joe Rody on the phone who says, "This is a great idea," and and brings him down, tours him through the whole park, and they become really good friends. <laughs> and uh, that cast is in the Yeti Museum, so. Yeah. They actually have what Josh Gates claims is a Yeti footprint, a Yeti cast, a genuine one. That's not an imitation. That's the one he cast in the Himalayas. And so that's one of the few sort of not um, 
uh, story-related items. That's one of the few genuine items in the Ye- in the Yeti Museum. And I can't believe we've actually got this far through the show without actually mentioning the name Joe Rohde. Um, and I think Expedition <laughs> Everest. Well, the, the whole of the Disney park is thanks. This this park is thanks to Joe Rohde, but. Uh, more so Expedition Everest. You know, when he built Animal Kingdom, the budget he had wasn't as big as maybe he'd have liked. But with the success of Animal Kingdom and the success of the Disney parks, you know, he had much more to play with with Expedition Everest. And mm-hmm. they they really did go on an expedition in order to build this attraction. You know, they went to the Himalayas. They had um, all yeah. of these people with them to, to document everything they did. They went up the mountain. And there's a lot of stuff within the queue that yeah. they actually used on that expedition, isn't there? It's amazing. And the things that they found on the expedition, stuff that they bought, a lot of it, and this is true for all of Africa as well mm-hmm. and for the rest of Asia, um, Joe Rohde is one of the great world travelers, one of the great explorers of the yeah. world. And Joe loves the idea of not not tourist, not being a tourist, but yeah. being an explorer, yeah. being yeah. a traveler. And he, got, he went throughout Asia and all of this stuff that you see there is either direct representations of things he saw or actual artifact items that they bought and brought back here. Yeah. Um, so the the genuine aspect of it is apparently, I've never been to the Himalayas, apparently mind-blowing. And uh, all throughout the museum, throughout the queue, and throughout the rest of Asia as well, yeah. um, you'll find all of these sort of items, prayer flags and um, you know statues and things like that that are just, um, they're incredible. And you can miss so many of them if you blow right through it. Mm. But so try to take the time to see some of them for yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And Joe Rohde is an incredible guy, in my opinion, the single best Disney designer since Walt himself. And, and and he is carrying on a tradition of bringing you to a new place uh, that you've never been before yeah. for the exploration of Disney, which is what I think define Disney's um, theme parks and what makes them what they I are. I think you're dead right. And, and he is the single greatest hope I have for Avatar Land. You know, uh, I, well, I'm sure we'll discuss already. that briefly. Yeah, we've already we discussed it before we started recording that I, I don't like Avatar and I quite openly say on the podcast I'm not a fan of Avatar. You know, I watched half the film and I'm still trying to work out when the story starts. But um, <laughs> the fact that Joe Rohde is in charge of that and, and the fact that the film is beautifully done and scenically yeah. it's amazing yeah. um, that Joe Rohde understands that and will use that in order to create something that will be stunning when it opens, I have no doubt. Right. Um, I can vaguely recall watching some um, some YouTube videos of Joe Rohde sort of before Everest was opened and I'm sure it was literally him and a few Imagineers going trekking and that's basically what it was, just looking at all the different aspects of yeah. foliage and buildings and not necessarily the thing that you see in the souvenir video that you can buy at the end of the park right. day. It was it was literally camcorder footage. It was yeah. it wasn't high production stuff. Yeah. There was in um, certainly in the United States. I don't know if it would have broadcast over over with you guys. Um, there was a couple of documentaries that accompanied the opening of the attraction way back when. Uh, and they were there was one in particular that was only dedicated to that. It was called Expedition Everest Journey to Sacred Lands. Yeah. It's something I cannot find. It's something that I, I had on a VHS tape 
and can't find that either anymore. <laughs> and uh, I've actually been trying to get in touch with Discovery, to dis- the Discovery Channel, which produced it, to get mm-hmm. a copy of it. I can't find it anywhere. It's not on YouTube. No. Um, so if anybody does have that that's listening, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can email me at jomboeveryone at gmail.com because I, I, I really wanted it. it. I remember seeing it. I watched a bunch of times. It's exactly what you're describing. Yeah. It's yeah. an incredible journey that he's made through there. I just want to make one other mention, too, for Joe Rohde, which yeah. is recently he's done a project um, to help cons- conservation effort for the snow leopard in Mongolia. And to accompany that, he produced about an hour plus, so a little bit more than an hour long documentary called The Leopard in the Land, um, which is a show about his uh, documentary about his journey to Mongolia. And what he did was he went there and painted these giant portraits that he then auctioned off as a fundraiser for the Snow Leopard Conservancy. And the film itself, which you can buy on eBay, go to the snowleopardconservancy.org and you can find it there. It's a donation to that cause. Um, the film itself is excellent and it really shows what we're talking about, what kind of yeah. person Joe is and what kind of thinker he is and the explorer that he is. Right, so uh, let's let's move around. We've stood outside Everest for a long time. Uh, we're okay. going to take a walk around. Uh, we're going to walk past the uh anandapur ice cream uh truck which again is check out the truck it's it's impressive yeah it is why why you just won't pass it surely it's the most detailed thing there (laughs) yeah we should stop and actually have a look it it is it is is, um soft ice creams yeah it's 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 pretty good around there Uh, and we're heading round to i suppose the next attraction we hit is carly river rapids um Can I give you one silly thing before you go? Yeah, As go you're on. around, you're going to see. I think it's. I think it's the bathroom, and it yes. says the Yeti Palace Hotel. Yes. Opening next season, it's right there, and you'll see on the right there is a pile. It looks like a worker area, like guys have just dropped their stuff as they were working. And you'll find there the only bricks found anywhere in the animal kingdom. Yeah. There you go. That is true. There's Actual a useless piece of information for you. Um. Carly River Rapids. So uh, yes. the idea is it's a rapid uh, ride, a raft ride, which you uh, sit in and it goes through the idea of the conservation of the rainforest. Again, right. another very clever attraction. You're supposed to be um, riding through with the, is it the Anandapur Raft Company or I can't remember the name of the uh, company off the top of my head. Um, and you start the attraction, obviously there's a forest is there and then you take the big drop and all of a sudden the trees are down there's smoke you can hear the sound of trees being cut it's this again a very clever attempt by disney to create an attraction that also educates exactly the same time and not only that washes your clothes for you (laughs) (laughs) you only go here when it's warm out guys because you'll get soaked the the company you're referring to is the cali rapids expeditions that's the Um, one Yep, it's supposed to be like a rafting expedition. My funny little story about Cali River Rapids is that the original name of it was supposed to be like Tiger River Run or something like that. Yes, I, I'd heard and, that. And what they wanted to have was the tigers um, that you see in the Maharaja Jungle Trek mm-hmm. actually in this ride. So you would have uh, the same sort of idea, the drop off and all that getting soaking wet. But at the beginning of the ride where you're seeing sort of the deforestation message, you would see areas for tigers where there actually be tigers. But then they yeah. realize tigers swim. <laughs> <laughs> and they're really pretty good at it. Yeah, they are, yeah. So 
we didn't want a tiger swimming out after a raft. That would be a bad idea. Yeah. So they shelved that idea. Um, Cali River Rapids, we're now, we're now in Anandapur, which yep. is the other town that we mentioned before. And the basic town center of Anandapur is the queue of Cali River Rapids, just yes. like Circa Zong was for Expedition Everest. And the queue for this is off the hook gorgeous as well it is the one that comes kind of close to expedition everest in its theming and the beauty of it and the artifacts that you find in there and the history it's it's really amazing go go walk through that as well and we're warning you now that when you go to the queue of like splash, uh, splash mountain it says you may get wet on this one you will get soaked and um, yeah. you know there is no no two bones about this you yeah. will get drenched on this attraction. Yep. Uh, I always leave it until pretty much the last thing I do before I leave. Oh, I'll, I'll do it first thing, so I've got time to dry oh, off. Oh, no, but I, I got you get so wet. I was almost at that point where I don't <laughs> Guys, you have this all dry. wrong. You do it in the middle of the day when it's hot, and then you walk over to Africa and have a few drinks at the Dawa Bar, which is outside, <laughs> so you dry off. I've noticed there seems to be a lot of alcohol-related uh, events in your trips to Animal Kingdom. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, That's but, why it's the best park. Yeah, but Carly <laughs> River Rapids is a great attraction. But uh, yeah, yeah you will get wet. I can I can promise you. You will. You will. Um, um, one, one of the, I was going to say, one of the, the nice theme and things about it, obviously it's the story about um, loggers and deforestation. Yeah. But one of the things that I didn't realise at first, although it, it sort of did make sense when I realised, was that as you're queuing up, you can hear um, chainsaws and big That's people. Right. Well, what I right. thought was gardeners doing landscaping. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not and Disney it, landscaping at all. It's so not, as you're walking it's past, you hear, you hear it just chugging away and... <laughs> and it was like, when I realised that, I just thought, oh. I, I, I thought it was all part of the... You know, it was all natural, it was all happening. Was apparently a message lost on you. Yeah, yeah, clearly, you just thought... Doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> you just thought they were building... They were just trimming back the branches. <laughs> right. And the main ones at the bottom. And now when you exit, if you're really wet... And you want to stay outside, I would hook a quick right there and head into what was my favorite attraction in Asia. Actually, I like it better than either of these rides, and that's the Maharaja Jungle Trek, that's which fine. is right there. A nice walking place, good place to dry off. Oh, sorry. Hang on a second. Disney construction <laughs> workers have just moved in. Oh, can you Start switch it off? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we move on then to... Uh, this is one of my favorite attractions, another of my favorite attractions in Animal Kingdom, and that is um, the Maharaja Jungle Trek. I, I love, tigers are my favorite animal. Mm. So I could I will spend a long time just watching these tigers uh, in here. See, I wouldn't have minded there being tigers in Carly River Rapids, to be honest. You know, I could have put my hand out, petted one as we went past. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they they'd, respond they'd well to that. It, yeah. They could have put like meat. a roll cage over the raft. <laughs> roll cage. <laughs> the oh, people man. could have been in like a cage and the animals could have been jumping all over you. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I love Maharaja Jungle Trek. Uh, again, the theming is fantastic. This whole idea of this kind of run-down, old kind of temple building that obviously right. homes all of the tigers and the bats and these Komodo dragons and all this sort of stuff. It's a lovely walk, a lovely walking tour, and it's a fairly big walking tour as well. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that people kind of will go through very quickly again, you know, go, oh, lovely animal, oh, another animal, keep going, come on, we've got to get the other side, we've got a fast pass. Um, but again, you could spend an hour plus in this particular location, just having a look around. Yeah, I've got a confession exactly. here. Go on. That I've, I've been with my... I go on holiday usually with my in-laws. Yeah. And they sort of like the rides and I like seeing the kids having fun. And the kids don't really enjoy the walking, so sometimes they're in buggies. 
Now, we tend to do the other trail more times than we've done this trail. Pangani. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking I've probably only done this the um, Maharaja Jungle Trek once. You must, must do it. Oof. And I was thinking I've done the other yeah. one about four or five times. It's the Maharaja's Wonders. I mean, yeah. it's incredibly themed. Uh, I'm not going to get into the story. Go to go to if you're on iTunes, go to Radio Harambe. Go back to episode three. You can hear Safari Mike talk ad nauseum about the story <laughs> here and the history behind it. It is really incredible what the theming is behind it. Um, but the animals in there are 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 gorgeous. Um, you get really up close to some of them. The bat area is intimidating, but really amazing. Um, yeah. The aviary, a beautiful space. I would recommend, though, that you do do it kind of after lunch um, where you've cooled down and sat down for a little while because there is some walking involved. So uh, I wouldn't do it sort of at the end of the day when yeah. you've been on your feet all day long, Definitely. for sure, because there is that. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's well worth going to. You know, I would say personally, if you had a choice between Pangani and 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 Maharaja, I'd go to Maharaja over Pangani. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, I've been doing it wrong all these years. That's these that's years. tough though. They're both really. They're good. both really good. Yeah, but yeah. my personal preference was if you could only do one. But yeah, they're both they're both really really good. Um, and the tigers that were there were what we call Asian tigers, which were um, which uh, Asian tigers are not really a, um, a, a subspecies of tiger in the wild they're sort of bred for captivity they're yeah. they're asian ti they're tigers that are like for zoos they're uh, yeah. um, but now they're being replaced with sumatran tigers which are incredibly endangered yeah, they are. so they're disney so disney has sort of got into the species survival plan for this incredibly endangered tiger and gorgeous they're a little smaller than the asians they're so they're maybe not as impressive in your photos as you go by but the coloring on them is mm. just amazingly yeah. beautiful so really so check that out so. uh, we've kind of walked past it and smelt it as we went past earlier on the way to Kali River Rapids but we're going to head yeah. back down now and um, we're coming up to Yak and Yeti and there's kind of three areas you've got Yak and Yeti restaurant Yak and Yeti local food cafe and then Yak and Yeti mm -hmm. quality beverages as they call it um, now I, I hold my hand up. I've never eaten in Yakinetti restaurant, oh. and the reason I've never eaten Yakinetti restaurant is because I'm obsessed with the local food cafe. Okay, so I, I, we'll, we'll, re we'll restructure that though, Adam. Go on. Is it because you're a, you're looking at your purse strings? No, no. I I remember going to the Yakinetti, the local cafe. Um, one trip, it recently opened and uh, discovering these Chinese foods in a box and the amount of food you got for the price. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, do you know what? This food is amazing. And I always, we'll always go there. I usually have the sweet and sour chicken, I think, is my favorite. The, prob um, the problem for most Americans that go to Disney who are from the northeast of America or from the Chicago area yeah. is that they have this type of food on every corner. Yeah. Yep. You know, so and it's not much better than than what you can get in your local Chinese food shop around here. But inside the restaurant, the food is up a notch and a little right. bit and better and 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 certainly big portions. It's also home to a couple of terrific beverages. Um, one of them called the Yak Attack, yeah, which you which is a if uh, you got to have a sweet tooth though, so you got to be into sort of the sweet island frozen drinks. Um, mm -hmm. There and that one there is. Uh, very, very good. I believe there's a mango daiquiri in there that's worth worth having as well. Okay. But that yeah. was definitely worth eating. Have you eaten at any of these, Alan? I've, I've been into the Yak and Yeti. I went in with my my daughter when she was about two years old. Yeah. And to be fair, she was having a bit of a meltdown that day. I didn't enjoy it. I've had better 
um, Chinese food, I'll call it, um, near our house. But one of the th weird things is, and correct me if I'm totally wrong here, which I might be, it's owned by the same people that own Rainforest, Rainforest Cafe. Cafe. Yes. And the same people that own T-Rex. Yeah. And yeah. Th there's an aquarium restaurant that they own. But the Yak and Yeti it seems totally different to any of them. It's not exactly. over-the-top themed. There's no Yeti at the top of the stairs reaching down to grab you. <laughs> Disappointing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and... I, I, everyone, everyone raves on about it, and, and to me, part of the, the fun in, in going to a restaurant is the environment and the atmosphere and the food. The food has obviously got to be good, but I th to me, it's more about the atmosphere. It has great atmosphere. Come on now. There's some, there's some terrific spots. If you get to sit upstairs, especially on the um, very front of the building, there's an overhang spot. That used to be one of the best places to see the parade go by because the parade would go by. You were like on top of the parade as it would go by. Yeah. Um, that's that's a, it's a great spot there. You can get sort of a little glimpse of the tree and the people walking down through on the pathway over to, uh, to Africa. Um, that's a great spot there. Also, if you're traveling by yourself, I highly recommend the bar at the Yak and Yeti, which <laughs> <laughs> which is well, wait a minute now don't let me, I'm not just trying to sound like a drunk here uh, it is one of the few bars if not the only one in a park that has bar stools so uh -huh. if you're a person who's traveling by yourself and doesn't like to sit at a table where you kind of look like you're nuts um, yeah. you can sit at the bar and eat there and it's got these great big comfy bar stools and there's only maybe six or seven of them so your service is really is really nice there yeah. um, the food is good it's not great um, but I feel that way about almost all Disney food guys. I, okay, I, I think that they kind of wave at the ethnic, but they don't actually do it. Okay. Except out, out at the hotels. The hotels is a different story. But in the parks, yeah. we kind of dumb it down a little bit, and that's what the Yak and Yeti does. It kind of gives a little Asian flair to stuff that is seems more palatable to the American Yeah, I, I do agree taste. with you. But I just, I, I'm trying to think which one it is. is. Is it the honey chicken I normally have? It might be one of those. Anyway, whichever one it is, I'm just There's like a noodle bowl there that's good, oh, and there's a, there's a few things like that. I'm just so. looking at you've got sweet, sweet and sour chicken. You've got honey that's not chicken. Bad. Orange yeah. beef. Yes. Yeah, is, it, is it always fruit and meat? Yeah, basically. It's just a fruit and meat combo. So you get the best of both worlds. A bit of meat for one person and a bit of vegetable, you know, one of the day for another one. There's your dessert yeah, coming along with it. Dessert comes along at the same time. But Have two have two yak attacks first and you'll love everything you eat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but the, the food, you know, I, I think if you're looking for somewhere that's a little bit different to what you would class as your normal Disney fare, you know, what we would expect, you know, I, I think it's pretty good food there. But it's not, you know, yeah, it is amazing, but it's good. Uh, where are we? Wow. Oh, Flights of, Lights Wonder. of Wonder. Lights of Wonder. Yep. Um, I think it, this is one of the most overlooked attractions, I think. Yes. I would agree. It, they hide it behind a carpet. <laughs> and <laughs> It's like Narnia <laughs> inside the Animal Kingdom. Look it, well, it's, oh, it's, it's not much there. It's the Spice Road, right? Yeah. It's the it's the road to from Asia to the rest of the world. So it's one of those caravan stops. Which is why it's called the caravan, caravan stage. stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the, the pre-show is really good. You, usually, somebody comes out with a giant bird of some kind, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's it's a great show. Uh, all I'll say about it is that it's birds doing doing things, and yeah. uh, kind of a kitschy little story to it. Um, but it the birds are beautiful, impressive, uh, and it is a very enjoyable show. And a lot of like you said, a lot of people don't see it, but it is worth seeing for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. worth it. You know, seeing well, that at least once won't give anything time. about away about the uh, the sort of the twist in the in the story of it because the first right. time I saw it, it took me by surprise, even though it was over the top. 
And I just thought, this is brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's a great story. And yeah. it, it, it sort of does string across the, the story of why they're bringing out some loads of birds to show you what the birds are. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, right, I want to run through Africa briefly because I want to go up to... Let's go up to Rafiki's Planet Watch to start off with. So you'll find okay. the back of Africa is the Wildlife Express train, and this runs quite... Great train, by the way. It is a great Gorgeous train. Gorgeous train. And if, you, if you're like me, you can look really, really carefully through the slats at the back and you can see all backstage. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can. And it takes you up to Rafiki's Planet Watch, and the idea is this is really the overtly educational i suppose section of the park where you can go up and you can enjoy um have, have, there's a conservation station that's in there you've got affection sections you can go and pet uh, some of the domestic animals that are in there including um there was a goat in there called sheldon which i came across <laughs> and they actually named it after the character from the big bang theory um and it's got an area which uh, talks you through uh, the preparation of food for the animals within the park they've got a veterinary station in there as well you can usually meet uh, rafiki in there he's usually there and thereabouts uh, during the day um so really it's a again a it kind of reminds me a little bit of a small kind of science museum that you would find in your local town or city. You know, it's that kind of it exhibits and interactive ideas, and it's a little bit museum esque and a little bit exhibition esque. Yeah, it's like a school stuff. field trip, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, best way of describing it's, it. it. It's nicely done. It's a beautiful area. I think that somewhere, sometime in the future, there's going to be a lot added to this. Not, uh, you know, certainly after the Avatar stuff is done, I think that's going to be the next area that's addressed. Yeah, um, because. It's a gorgeous um, train to get out there, but when when adults get out there, sure, looking for you know Mickey Mouse on some sort of ride, they're yeah. a little disappointed by it. Yeah. Um, it's very educational, ge geared towards kids. Um, it is sort of a backstage thing. De definitely worth a trip, but um, no nothing sort of over the top cool there. No. Um, the only really cool thing is sometimes, like he mentioned, like you mentioned the veterinary thing, you may actually see an animal being worked on. Yeah, as you go there. So it's the it's interesting. There's some really interesting the, the sort of food that they prepare as well, and you get to have a look at some of that. And the, right. the it was usually a female every time I've been there um, has been really open to discussing how they prepare prepare the food and and the sort right. of food they have for different uh, animals, which was really good. Um, the way you're saying it was almost like it's like a Delia Smith of um, yeah, it's, yeah, she is the Delia Smith of for those of you who know she is a Delia Smith of, uh, of cookery. <laughs> but is there any way I find out when the not that I want to see open heart surgery on a gorilla, but no, is there any, no any, way. No. You no. can't find out. No, they won't tell you because it's it's really just a window to the actual working area. Yeah. So so whenever they have a an, an animal that needs to be examined for one thing or another, they do it. Um, when I was there last time, uh, actually on the backstage safari tour, which has since changed, um, they were bringing in a a tortoise that they had just brought in from another zoo that was experiencing some sort of respiratory issue so they were they were bringing it in and, and working on that at, and and they were doing it they wouldn't have a time based on that because the animal needed to be examined now because it was obviously ill yeah so it, it happens when it happens and that's the best you can say but it they do quite a lot of it so if you're out there um, more than once on your vacation, you will you'll probably see something. Would you say you'd be better off trying to head there first thing to get? No, like, no, they'll like do I'm... it any. No, they'll do it any time during the day. It's random. Right. Okay. So. Just because whenever I've been over there, I haven't seen anything. Really? And well, I haven't seen anything. I don't know. Right. 
Operation yeah. wise, I don't know what. I don't know what you haven't is. seen any gore. That's what you want. I'm not, I'm not want to see gore. gore. You're not going to get gore. That's not where they do the gory stuff. Yeah, they don't imagine. do operations in that particular facility. There's another examination room that's off stage. That kids. one's basically just for the for the easy stuff. Look, kids, Disney are opening up a tiger. Let's have a look. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's how they make the carpets. Oh, look. Oh, there's his intestines on the floor, kids. Look, come look. Lovely. So Disney. Uh, it's it's a nice display of poo in the window, though. Yes. yes. My kids love that. Yeah. And true. another thing I'm going to point out about Rafiki's Planet Watch, Yeah. and it's it's not something that you can go and see any time of the year because it's, it's it doesn't happen that often at all. And it yeah. only happened, it possibly only happened when I went once, and it was my honeymoon. We were walking into the Oasis, and there was a sign saying, Today, you're lucky enough to witness um, it was a, a plant called the Titan Aranum, or Ararum, which is called the, I think it's the Rotten Flesh Plant. Nice. And it's basically a giant plant that opens up, and it, as, a, as the flower opens up for one day of the year, it releases this rotten flesh smell, and flies funnel into it. And I was like, <laughs> this is weird. But it's I thought, you know... Story. I thought it was along the lines of, you know, it's going to be there every day, and yeah, we're just, we just, you just feel like you're special, but you're not really. You're just going through the chain factor. And I've never seen it again. I've never seen it mentioned ever, anywhere ever again. And it was quite a special thing to witness this plant opening up very, very slowly, and a giant funnel of flies going into it. Oh wow! I get it. Interesting. And it's all real. Right. Uh, we're going to stop there briefly. Um, we're going to go head into Africa and finish off the park in a second. We need to take a very quick break, and then when we return, we will uh, we'll talk about Africa. We'll be back in two seconds. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed Fastpass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523 That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523 I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way, have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T-Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T. 
Orlando.com. Ladies and gentlemen, direct from a record-breaking two million years at the bottom of the evolutionary ladder, let's hear it for the Tumble Monkeys! That's your cue to start jumping all over the place, by the way. Just like the oh, right, I was... you missed that. Okay, yeah, uh, right. Back. Let's uh, finish off in Africa then, uh, and we've we've spent a long time talking about Animal Kingdom, which is fantastic. But um, I'm sure your plane's about to land. I told you we could do that. Board. Yeah, you did say we could. Uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Yep. Just well, this is an attraction unlike anything anyone had experienced before when it first came out. Dave, you know, what's your tip on sort of the best time to go? I think you talked about first thing in the morning, didn't you? Uh, first thing in the morning, um, if you're there when it's really warm, uh, if you're there in the middle of the sum- in the middle of the summer, if you can go on off times, I would say almost the last one. Okay. The best ones I've found have been in the evening, um, when the park is sort- when you're sort of there right before Christmas and the or even in January and the sun goes down right around five o'clock. This park closes at that time. Yeah. Um, if you can get the last one, those are often very, very impressive. The only problem with some of the first in the morning ones is some of the animals aren't always out in their exhibit first thing in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes they have they they make their way out there. So I would definitely say that um, it is, in my opinion, the greatest attraction ever built by Disney. Um, it is certainly the largest. It's as big as the Imagine Kingdom Park. Um, and it is incredibly themed. The story is amazing. The the every the fact that everything that you see in front of you was placed there is yes, that's inclu- true. Inclu- including vegetation yeah. is yeah. is mind blowing in the scale of what they did here. Um, and it's and it has a great little song that plays midway through that I enjoy. Oh, that so amazing. Uh, so I, I don't miss it. It is it is the best. It is worth the effort to do the fast pass or running through stuff so you can get the right safari. I also say do it more than once because it's a different ride every time and can i check with you because when i I last rode it they got rid of wilson completely is wilson now gone he's only in the queue he's only in the queue now right there we go because we had this conversation between myself and alan i was like yeah i'm pretty sure he's now gone have they also got rid of the um the bridge effect no no bridge effect's still there Okay, I, I thought they got rid of that. No, that's still now there. it comes and goes because it has to be fixed, and they run it while it's being fixed. Oh, so, okay. oh, right, so, okay. um, so Kilimanjaro Safari we talked about there. We we mentioned Pangani Forest Exploration Trail a little bit yeah. earlier. This is our gorillas, hippos, those sort of things as well. Again, it's another one that's well worth seeing. Um, Alan, you've done it a million times before. Yeah, um, and so, um, the gorilla talking- exhibit is mm. perhaps the best animal exhibit in all the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, we had a lovely time in the queue for the in the in the. Uh, trail for this we met um a guy who was playing a traditional african game and he sat and played it with my son and uh it was a lovely lovely moment really nice memory from the the last trip but again if you know you should have the time to go and do that to go and do maharaja jungle trek as well absolutely um we talked about wild express train um well let's just talk about a couple of the restaurants before we head over to the newest area of africa sure Uh, we talked about the dawa bar already um tusker house don't miss um, the dawa bar don't miss the great bar um, and then Tusker House, I, I must admit, Tusker House is one place I've always meant to eat and never had the chance to. And it's changing a little bit now. We're bringing in different. Uh, it started off as a counter service restaurant. It's now a buffet. Yeah. Um, it's a character buffet. They're going to add a character dinner now as yep. well. The food yep. there is pretty good. Um, if those of you who have been to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, it's very, it's very uh, Boma esque. Yeah. Um, but kind of a, like I said before, it's kind of a little more dumbed down for the uh, average American tourist who wants yep. chicken fingers and French fries. Um, so there's a little bit of everything there. It's a beautiful building, um, just like everything else. 
the animal kingdom and it, it is the food is good good quality food uh also um across the build across the way the tamu refreshments is a yeah. great um uh, uh counter service spot and now they're building the harambe market which should be open this summer we're thinking which is going to be one giant sort of open air uh outdoor counter service market area that's, that's going to have a road that's going to lead right from the exit of pangani to the the pathway to asia so it's going to yeah. cut off the uh the main part of harambe which is the town that mm -hmm. it's in um the only other thing i would say about harambe is that the band that plays the two bands oh, that fantastic. play the tamu tamu drummers yeah and the band who uh, which they call burdika band um are incredible yeah they are They're and great. put put them especially burdika put them on your list of things to do yes. see a set of them they're amazingly talented musicians incredibly nice guys you can talk to them afterwards i like to get a couple of drinks at the dawa bar and sit and watch them yeah. they're uh they're it's really really good yeah, and the final thing guys before yeah. i promise i'll shut up here uh, <laughs> is is the shopping in the area is also one of the best the mombasa marketplace is one of the few areas left where you have what i call the old epcot style um shopping mm -hmm. which is they have ac actual african um items there and different shirts and different books and lots of things about animals and it, it's a really neat little shop worth going in and then there's one more place we haven't mentioned, which is right. the newest place of Animal Kingdom, and that's um, the Harambe Theatre, which is now the permanent home of Festival of the Lion King. And I've got to say, bearing in mind they were building a theatre there, the theming of this area is fantastic. Seamless, isn't it? Yeah, it really I mean, is. they, they did such a beautiful job. And you look at it, and you won't even believe that it's it's newer than any of the other areas yep. of the park. It's yep. seamless all the way through. Fantastic little theatre. Well, little theatre. Giant theatre. Uh, yeah. Still houses a really great show in there as well. But again, I know you, you're probably not going to like it because it's a Cliff Notes version of The Lion King. No, but that's the thing. It's not a Cliff Notes version. This, to me, is the best stage show yeah. Disney has ever produced. Okay. The music in the Animal in, in the Lion King is the uh, is the the calling card of that film. It's incredible music. Yeah. And this is instead of a Cliff Notes version of the movie, this is just sort of a review, a musical review that doesn't doesn't try to jam in the story. Just sort of gives you the 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 music with a new twist instead of animals singing it you have really amazing vocalists singing it you have a whole different thing with the tumble monkeys that's yeah. not part of the film no. you have the the fire guy who is not also not part of the film it's just using the um the the film's music as an inspiration for yeah. this great review i mean that's what i love that's why i like that better than the finding nemo because it, it's <laughs> the, the it is a great show and i go to see this multiple times when i'm down there i love this show so that is the basically overview of the entire park. Uh, last yeah. kind of question to ask everybody is: You've got one day in the Magic Kingdom, uh, in the Magic Kingdom, in Animal Kingdom, and you've got three fast passes you can use. Which three attractions are you going to use them for? That's easy. Now, my, I'm, I'm, we doing the new ones where we have to have uh, one for three different attractions. Yes. Okay. So Kilimanjaro Safaris. Yeah. Expedition Everest. Yeah. And dinosaur. Okay. Alan. Those are the only three that'll have a line. Unless you want to do, unless you want to hit one of them early and then use it for Primeval World, because Primeval World tends to have a bit of a backed up line because it's sort of an old school attraction, so it okay. doesn't load as, it as well as some of them. But uh, Primeval World, if you only have one day, that could be the one attraction you can kind of skip, okay. I'll be honest with you. Alan. Um, I'm thinking on, well, what, what I have chosen for my up and coming holiday is the Lion King show. Yeah. 
exp- not Expedition Everest because that's too scary for me. Hmm. Um, the Safari, yeah. Kilimanjaro Safaris, and Cali River Rapids. Okay. When are you going? Um, the end of May, beginning of June. Mm. Okay. I'm see. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Car- Kilimanjaro Safari, but for later in the day. Get there early, ride it first thing, ride it again later. Excellent uh, idea. I'm getting a Carly River Rapids for later on in the day because the queue in the summer when a lot of people are going to be going is huge. That's and, why I asked when he was going. Yeah, <laughs> and Expedition Everest, uh, as much as I'd like to go through the main queue, again, the, the queues get massive, so I'd go for that one as well, so they would be my yeah. three. Um, we have, of course, got our expert um, fast pass friend alicia we're going to very quickly pass over to her she's going to tell us uh, what she reckons are the three best options for your fast passes hi this is alicia from pixie vacations giving you some tips for fast pass plus in animal kingdom my top picks for animal kingdom for fast pass plus are going to be the kilimanjaro safari expedition everest and dinosaur If you have some non-thrill seekers in your group, Kilimanjaro Safari is definitely still a great pick. Kali River Rapids is also a great pick. Or if you have little ones, you might want to uh, use your Fast Pass for some preferred seating for the shows. I am also a big fan of Primeval Whirl. I think it's a lot of fun and great for the whole family. Although this does have a very high height restriction, so definitely not for the little ones in your group. But you can't go wrong with Safari and Everest. Thanks. There you go. That's Alicia's pick. She's another primeval world expert as well. Well, that's it. <laughs> that is the end of the show. And um, as we usually have our normal playout music, but we're not using it because we're doing our different themes, I thought we'd have a slightly different playout music this time. So I, I went for this one. Come on, gang. Let's take it. We were just talking about you saying some of the great music from the show. Uh, it's Festival of the Lion King. It's the mega mix that comes right at the end of the show, which I remember getting on a CD when you used to be able to buy your own personalized CDs. In you still Dan can. Disney. Can you, you still, can still buy them? Well, you can still buy this entire show on CD. You can, yeah. And I used to get it. was a gold disc, and this was one of the ones that went on my gold disc all those years ago. When you but, say gold disc, do you mean a CDR? Yeah, but it was gold. <laughs> You know what I mean? I didn't buy a gold disc. Anyway, thank you again. Uh, thank you for joining us for another show. Big massive thank you to Dave for bringing his immense Animal Kingdom knowledge to the show. And thank you guys for having me on. Not a problem. You can visit him at jumboeverybody.com. JumboEveryone.com. Yep. And that's uh, from there, you'll find the links to the podcast and everything we do. There we go. Fantastic. And uh, of course, thank you, Alan, for being here. No problem, anytime, and I'll reiterate the fact that I am absolutely amazed that they, they do a podcast that is weekly about Animal Kingdom, yeah, and it is fantastic. It. It is. I always listen to it. There we go. Uh, of course, you can continue following us if you go to DisneyBrit.com. You find out all the latest news and rumors for Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and if you're on Twitter at DisneyBrit, and also on Facebook, Disney Facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast. Of course, iTunes, do go and check that out. You can find all of our back episodes of the show as well as Radio Harambe, and you can also put a review on there for us as well. And also, massive thank you to our two sponsors, Orlando Attraction Tickets, which is www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk, and of course, to Scoot Orlando, Scooter Vacations as well. Um, have I missed anything out, Alan? Yeah, don't forget to thank Alicia from Pixie oh, Vacations. Oh, Alicia from Pixie Vacations for joining I'm going to quickly well. put in a little top tip as well. Yeah, go on. If, if you're going to sneak into the Animal Kingdom show after it started, yeah. which is, you know, you shouldn't do that about to do a show anyway. Yeah. But when they turn all the lights off and you're trying to walk into them 
thing they call them bleachers. Yeah. They're shin height. Oh, they are. And they hurt. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't take your shins out when you've just arrived at the park. All right. I've done that. Right. Anyway, thank you very much. We'll be back next week with our park overview of... Um, Hollywood Studios. Oh, so it'll only be a five-minute episode because there's nothing open. Right. <laughs> we will see you next week. Until then, see you all.